This is the Tan Report. I'm your host, Tan Trung. This episode features someone who, by most standards, is living a pretty remarkable life. Almost every city in America has at least one Ronnie Lamarck. They may not go by that name, but there's someone like him. I'm talking about the car dealer who makes themselves a fixture, a local celebrity in town, through their commercials. For example, when I was living in Denver, there was Deal and Doug. The batteries at the plate, the bases are loaded with incredible Deal and Doug deals at DealandDougAutos.com. When it comes to Ronnie Lamarck in the New Orleans market, well, he's managed to stay on TV more than a lot of former TV personalities, including myself. Here's one of Lamarck's TV spots. It's from the 1980s, when domestic car makers were in a fight against foreign imports. Because I sell more new cars and trucks than anyone else in the state of Louisiana. And that gives me more clout with the guys in Detroit. But to you, it means more selection and more savings at Lamarck Ford. In the clip, which now lives on Lamarck Ford's YouTube channel, Lamarck's hair is full and dark. He's wearing a suit. The production value for his commercials got slicker in later years, and so did his hair as it turned pearly white. A personal favorite of mine are the commercials in Lamarck's Most Ordinary Man campaign. It's a play off the most interesting man in the world ad campaign by Dos Equis, the beer. You probably remember those commercials. If he were to punch you in the face, you would have to fight off the strong urge to thank him. Sharks have a week dedicated to him. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer Dos Equis. Stay thirsty, my friends. Instead of the beer's Ernest Hemingway-type character, Lamarck takes on that role in his TV spots. He's got the look for it, and the self-deprecation makes it enjoyable. When he's hungry for seafood, crawfish boil themselves. He teaches alligators to wrestle out of charity. I don't always drive in New Orleans, but when I do, I prefer a Ford F-150. Oh, he is the most ordinary man. That's it. I ain't doing no more. Drive safely, my friends. I sat down with Lamarck this week in his office at his multi-million dollar dealership in Kenner. It was ahead of the two scheduled singing performances he had lined up. The first at the French Quarter Festival, and the second will be at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. You may be asking, why is a car dealer getting on stage before hundreds and possibly thousands of people to sing? And... Is he any good? I had similar questions. You're a millionaire? Yes. You love the car dealership? You love the, the car business? Yes. You're now trying to be a singer? Yes. You're going to be playing Jazz Fest and French Quarter Fest? Yes. Why are you doing this? Like, why are you trying to, and why are you kind of transitioning into the singing venue? Well, when I was a, a kid, uh, we had seven of us, six boys, one girl. My dad had a very nice voice. And I, in turn, I had a nice voice. And then I got in talent shows, and I did very well. I mean, you're, you're a millionaire car dealer. Right. You have a well-established name here. It's not like you need recognition. Why are you going into the crooning, the singing business? Right. First of all, I pray it's just not all ego. That is, we all have one. And I, I really pray it's not that. I pray if, if, if first That means all, you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. And you asked a question earlier, what am I trying to be? I already knew I am. Sorry. Anyway, I'm in the Louisiana Hall of Fame with the Nobles. 
but I really flirted with music back then. I don't play an instrument. Lord was great with me. My mother spoke fluent Italian. My, fam- my father's family spoke fluent French. They said, you're an American. You're not going to learn any of that. So if I was to be able to speak French and Italian, would I be in the car business today and could sing? No, I must probably be in some joint singing for 250 bucks a week for beer and insults. To be fair, Lamarck's love of music and singing was with him well before the millions of dollars in multiple car dealerships were in his life. He was born and raised in Araby, in St. Bernard Parish, close to the Ninth Ward of New Orleans, where Fats Domino lived. As a kid, Lamarck used to deliver newspapers. Fats was one of his customers. Lamarck says he'd often give Fats two newspapers for free. Fats Domino, you know, was, I always give him an extra. He said, come here, boy. He said, uh, why, uh, why you don't collect? So I said, uh, Mr. Fats, I said, uh, uh, it's an extra. Yeah, I'll give you any put that $100 bill in my little watch pocket and went around the corner and with all my brothers on that. I had to hide money everywhere, you know, because it lasted three years. Fats Domino, I used to, I like the way you walk. Yeah, I love the way you talk. Come on and hold my hand. I'll be a loving man. Fats became one of his musical influences, along with many others. All the guys on uh, Ernie Cato, you know, he, he, he was just ti-ta-ta, you know. And um, I used to hang with all them guys, okay? I would be there. In fact, I did These Days Records and had them all on my record. Sitting in my la-la, waiting for my ya-ya, huh? And those guys, you know, drink his little... He had his little stuff with me, you know, uh, he had his little flask, man, drink. So um, I'd, I'd listen to them, and then I heard uh, Sinatra, and I said, wow, I said, you know, maybe I can do Sinatra. And, and I started, and I said, maybe I can do uh, Engelbert, you know, maybe, let me see. And Engelbert I, uh, Humperdinck? Yeah, Engelbert Humperdinck. You know, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if your name was Engelbert Humperdinck, you sure in the hell could sing, because who would, they changed his name to Bob Smith. Anyway. <laughs> Lamarck's dream was to sing. When he was a teenager, Lamarck said he met a producer who he thought could help him chase down that dream. So I was 16 going on 17, and a guy from Chicago says, kid, I'm going to make a star out of you. You got the look. And I knew I had the look, and I knew I had the moxie. The producer didn't last, in the ultimate sense of the word. Guy dies on me. I, went, I remember going to Maison Blanche building, get in the elevator, a real, real attendant. Hey, kid, what floor are you going to? Anyway, all that happened. So I go down. I did the, the last time I was supposed to go to cut the record, and I was going to be on American Bandstand. He dies of a heart attack. I'm devastated. My mama tells me, hey, we got a phone call. Had a party line back then. How do you like that? Party line on the telephone. It says, uh, Ronnie, the guy dies. I went in another direction. I flirted with some music. I did my little thing. I did it, you know, was it really what I was doing? I was... I was wandering in the desert, so 1970, I started selling cars, and I really got into it. And I had to give up music. I was playing in weddings and all that because I was really into it. So I flirted with that a little bit, and I went gung-ho into the car business. And I, I did very, very, very well. And before you know it, after 11 months, I was in management, unheard of, you know, to go that quick. So how old were you when you got into the car business? I was in my uh, 20s. I think I was cause, uh, 25, I think. Yeah, uh, about, yeah, about 25. Because I, I think 34, uh, 35, I was a dealer. Yeah, I was one, a very young dealer at that time. So is it fair to say that this dream or this pursuit of music was really like the primary thing that you wanted to do? Yeah. And when yeah. that 
producer died on you and right. things kind of fell apart, that's how you got in the car business? Right, I think it was by default. And once he got in the car business, as the cliche goes, he was in it to win it. To Lamarck, making a sale is about making moments memorable. I started in 70, 1970, so it's 53 years. And I remember in the 70s, I would stop at a red light and I'd see a person with a, another name tag on there, and I'd stop and say, what happened? Why didn't I get the shot? And I'd give them my card. Next time. They said, well, wait, I just bought. Next time. You never know if you can get the next time. Could be three years, could be 18 months, it could be five years. They remember some guy getting out of a car and giving them a card. Who is that crazy guy? And they might have bought a Dodge or another Ford or a Chevrolet. But I did that all the time. Always, always telling them about next time. How did I miss the sale? And uh, it's been a secret. Not a secret. It's been my life. Over a span of five decades, Lamarck built a name for himself in the car business. The hallway leading to his office is filled with letters from ex-presidents, pictures with celebrities and athletes, recognition awards from local governments. You get the picture. But even an uber-confident and successful guy like Lamarck can be susceptible to second-guessing and what-ifs. Do you have some regrets? Regrets? I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I got to tell you, yes, if anyone tells you they don't have regrets, they're wrong. And, um, and one thing good about life is that you can correct your mistakes and you could repent not to go back if it's sinful. But uh, I made some mistakes along the way and uh, I am not proud of them, but I grew and one day I hope to be in heaven with my Lord and Savior. It's not easy, but yes, sir. I have regrets. I think some people might be surprised in hearing this because a lot of people, I've known you just through television. I mean, you've probably been on television longer than any of the broadcasters that I've known in New Orleans. Oh, Tom, yeah. So they might, be, years. they might be surprised to hear Ronnie Lamarck in a more, dare I say, vulnerable position here. I mean, what have you learned? What has life taught you that makes you kind of present that? versus what people see on television, which is the confident man, the millionaire. Everybody goes through, uh, there's only one person that was perfect and we wound up killing him. His name was Jesus. So um, I'm not a born again Jesus freak, ladies and gentlemen. I am in the Holy Bible and it's for real. So uh, no one should ever look at anyone and think that they're perfect. Lamarck doesn't claim his life has been perfect. Back in the 1990s, in the middle of a divorce from his now ex-wife, there was a plot to have him killed. In 1994, as part of a plea deal, Carmela Lamarck pled guilty to one charge of soliciting murder. According to prosecutors, she paid a cousin $20,000 to murder Ronnie Lamarck. That supposed hitman was a police informant. She avoided prison time with her guilty plea, but she did get five years probation and did have to spend time in a mental hospital. Ronnie Lamarck eventually remarried, and his car dealerships continued to thrive. Ronnie, can I ask you, are you ever not a car dealer? Oh, I'm always a car salesman. Car salesman dealer. Yeah, yeah. uh, Everything happens with the sale. Let's put it this way. Nothing happens if there isn't a sale. 
In that ever-constant state of selling, Lamarck kept shooting those commercials that he was known for. And a few years ago, he met a New Orleans music producer who would rekindle his flame for singing. I met Jack Neely, who is a producer. He's, in a, he's a Molly Ringwall, by the way. And all the Mollies are with me right now when I perform. I, in turn, met him uh, getting ready to do a commercial. And before you know it, I started singing in the commercial. And before you know it, I, started doing, I did 1771. Uh, 17-71 is the name of the eventual album that Lamarck released. I'm in my 70s, so the first record's called 17-71. What does that mean, Ronnie? Well, it's 54 years in between. I basically discovered myself because I had the means to produce my own records. Lamarck was 17 the last time he was fixated on doing music. He was 71 when he picked it back up, thus the album title. And in true Lamarck fashion, he made it a production. He used his own money to put on a concert with what would become known as the Ronnie Lamarck Orchestra. There were also dancers on stage. November 17, 2017, I did a Jefferson Performing Arts concert at 1,000 people. Uh, it was Las Vegas style, big screen, whatever. I lost a lot of money, over 100 grand. But that was okay because I had it already reserved for that big moment. I already, whatever, I had it available because everyone that came to it, for me to break even, it would have to be a five-day show, <laughs> you know. And, and But I was a car dealer. Who's going to go see Ronnie Lamarck? And a lot of them came to inquire, can he sing or whatever. Here's a bit of what Lamarck and the band sounded like. Thank you guys for coming now. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. In other words, oh my hand. In other words. The concert went for more than an hour and a half. Not bad for a guy who can't read music or play an instrument. Lamarck says he just puts in the work to perform. Because not being a musician, I got to be able to come in and not know, reading music. So I'm, um, I, I'm work, I have to work harder, ladies and gentlemen. I really do because it's harder for me because I'm doing it only by ear. That concert in 2017 was a display of what Lamarck and his orchestra could do, and he was grateful to be on stage with them. I want to thank everyone, and I, I want to definitely want to tell you about this wonderful group behind me. And you look at the program because those guys are really, really good musicians. In other ways, the concert was also a display of Lamarck's influence in the community. I mean, not many people could pay for and pull off a concert in relatively short order. And also have people like a U.S. senator come check it out. Oh, did Senator Kennedy make it? Senator U.S. Senator Kennedy, he said he was going to leave early and I made him stay. I must be pretty good, Senator. Take me back to the concert at the Jefferson Performing Arts Center. And, I mean, you said something to the effect you, you lost money. Yeah. I mean, you, you paid to kind of pull that off. Right. Correct? Oh, yeah. I had a Las Vegas show. Was there a moment in your mind where you were thinking, like, are people going to want to see Ronnie Lamarck sing? Oh, absolutely. Like, how oh. do you talk yourself down from that, though? Well, because I was looking at ticket sales and saying, Wow, I said, how am I going to get people? I had a thousand people there. I said, but uh, how is this going to, and they, 
people came. They came, and, and they weren't, you know, the tickets weren't cheap, 200 bucks or whatever they were. But because of all the, everything you had, the group, the, the screens, the uh, audios, and everything that happened, it was very, very expensive. And, uh, and, and plus the renting of the place and, you know, food, beverage. Anyway, I said, Lord, I, I got to have people there. And, and it was really, really nice. Everyone, I had great musicians. But I was worried that it would be, it wasn't going to work. And, yeah, uh, to the, and I handled every ticket. every. I mean, I went nuts on it. And after it was over, I was sick for like uh, a month because it took so much out of me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Emotionally? Uh, I was drained. He was drained, but that concert opened up another door that he was willing to walk through. In the audience was uh, AGT, America's Got Talent. And they waltzed me for seven months. And I went, they had 46,214 auditions, and I finished number 39. And I did not sign Simon's contract. I went with my attorney group at Cher Garner, <laughs> and uh, they said, you can't sign this, Ronnie, because uh, uh, Sony slash Simon will own you for life. I said, well, I don't have much life left. Um, anyway, um, and he's looking for a young guy, not a 70. At that time, I was 72 when I was there. He left that reality competition scene in Dallas and headed back to New Orleans. And that's when he had to put the music pursuit on pause. And I came home, and my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer as soon as we got home. So for two years, uh, she went through this breast cancer, and she was gallant to, through, the God, through God Almighty to beat it and the medicines that were provided. And she's cancer-free at this point. But she went through a lot. Natasha Lamarck, I'm so proud of her. What kind of perspective does that give you? I mean, when you were having all these pursuits, I mean, you got the business, you're pursuing America's Got Talent, you know, you're putting on this show, but your wife is sick now. I mean, where where does that take I pulled you? up. No more. I, I, I got away from it because um, I uh, it was about her. But I, uh, I could have been a better person. Uh, I could have been a better human being. Because when that's going on, we're building the Lamarck Automotive Complex at the same time. All that is happening. And a lot, of, a lot going on to design it, spend a million dollars on plans, and not even know if it's going to go forward. It did go forward, and the complex did get built. But then COVID hit, and by now you know what that did to the economy, including the supply and prices of cars. Well, it's not the normal we knew before the pandemic. We are seeing the return of what's familiar. And this time of year in New Orleans, what's familiar is festival season. After a brief break from performing, Ronnie Lamarck and the orchestra named after him will be taking the stage at French Quarter Fest and then Jazz Fest. Like, how are you feeling? I mean, taking the stage. I practiced, uh, about, we had about six or seven practices, long practices, four or five hours. Personally, I feel I'm going to kill it. I feel real good. I feel positive as can be i just want to make sure because i don't play an instrument i don't know keys i have to listen and of course ladies and gentlemen i'm getting a little old I, my hearing isn't like it used to be and i'm afraid to get a hearing aid because i may sound different uh but anyway um i am really looking forward to it obviously you're a millionaire people know your name here do you think that factored into your ability to play French Quarter Fest or Jazz Fest because you have a lot of musicians who would argue that look i've worked my butt off and I've never got a shot like Ronnie did. You know, I don't think so. I mean, you know, first of all, I have a really good group of people backing me up. 
But you interview every one of them. If I couldn't sing, they wouldn't be on the stage. Okay, and some of them are Grammy Award winners and performed. So they don't want to be made a fool of. Uh, you know, I got to be able to carry a note. I helped orchestrate a lot of things along the way. But maybe along the way, some guys are playing in some piano bar that could be on that stage, and I feel for them. And maybe one day they'll get their shot, he or she. So I see, I see that. Remember, I come from the streets. I come from selling cars. I didn't get my, my dad was a sanitation worker, and then he got a big job. He became the janitor at Araby School for 25 years. So he made $252 every two weeks, and we had seven of us: six boys, one girl. I had my aunt Bella, I had my aunt, my my Mamie, which was my grandmother, my mom. We had all of us in a two-bedroom house. I, I come from very very humble beginnings. I walked every place I I went. And I said, one day I'm going to own some cars. I never knew I'd own a thousand. And I say that not as a smart aleck to, to anyone out there. I know I paid my dues, but I have to pay them every day. That's it. So I feel for those people who, who, who never had their shot. But again, you can always get a shot. It's called America. You have, there's no, if you work your butt off, there's no way they're going to hold you down. I don't care what you say. If somebody asked you, why, why are you doing this, what do you say? Well, first of all, uh, I'm doing this because our group is good. Good. And you won't be embarrassed. Good. And when I'm ready to, was ready to pull up, they suck me back in. I'm the Godfather. You got it. I was ready to pull up and say, "Oh, Ronnie, you got to do Jazz Fest again." I didn't know I was going to get invited again. Ronnie, you got to do French Quarter Fest. I never did do French Quarter Fest before. My first time. Where is this going? I'm in my seventies. I'm set. Where is this going? Uh, do I do French Quarter Fest and Jazz Fest and it's over? It could be. It could be it. Maybe I'll go into Christian music. Because I know a couple of songs that are beautiful, like One Day at a Time, that we have to work on. And uh, that's a beautiful song. And uh, One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. That's all I'm asking of you. Show me the way. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so beautiful. Uh, so maybe, and that's what we have to do. Uh, life can't be in a rearview mirror. Whether he's in the dealership... Or on stage. You know the night time is the right time. Ronnie Lamarck has been most comfortable in the driver's seat. In Kenner, I'm Ton Trung for WWL Radio.